The Root of Our Health podcast is affiliated with Araza Beauty Skincare and Makeup. I talk a lot about toxic products, and it's not just what we put in our bodies, but what we put on our bodies that count as well. Odds are you are currently using products that have chemicals you cannot even pronounce, but I am here to tell you that there is a clean beauty company that actually works. Araza names come name comes from the super rare fruit grown in South America, highly regarded for its nutraceutical properties like high polyphenol, carotenoids, and vitamin C content, which is double that of an orange. It is wild, picked from the jungles of Amazon, and it is immediately turned into an extract so that it retains its skin healing properties. I have been using Araza for many years now, starting actually back in 2016, and I have to say that the way it feels on my skin and the way it looks is so amazing and so lightweight. It has great coverage and yes, even anti-aging as well. I love the coconut cream foundation and the translucent eyeshadow. The pigment colors are beautiful and are long-lasting. Fall has brought out the rich colors in Araza Beauty's rejuvenating coconut lip color with all natural ingredients such as organic coconut oil and castor oil, sweetened with stevia and essential oils, just a thing that show off. I mean, I never thought a makeup line could be so clean and yet so beautiful. As if that wasn't enough, for every product that is sold, Araza donates a portion of the profits to organizations that help victims of sex trafficking and domestic violence recover and heal. So how do you get your hands on these products? Which, by the way, there are some uh, products that you can have the option of trial size and full size. Go to bit.ly forward slash Araza Beauty 15 and add the Root of Our Health 15 at checkout for 15% off your first order. Welcome back to another episode of the Root of Our Health podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth, a nationally board-certified health and wellness coach, certified functional medicine health coach, and an employee wellness coach. Each and every week, I will be talking about topics that has to do with alternative health and wellness for women as we celebrate the second half of our lives. These episodes will range from solo to interviewing professionals in the space, as well as getting to know everyday people like you and how we can implement simple bite-sized habits in our daily lives that will help us thrive. Today's episode is actually a mini solo episode. I say a mini solo episode because this is going to be a quick, probably around 10 minutes of uh, of me talking, basically, about uh, the topic at hand. And the topic that I felt has been very front and center in my own life, I figured I'd share with you all because it is something that has to do with aging. We are all on that path, of course, whether you are in your 30s, in your 40s, in your 50s, and beyond. We are all aging. Now, aging should not have this bad connotation to it. It actually should be exciting. And unfortunately, we think of aging as something downhill. I, I 
want you all to understand that this is actually and you know what I said just recently about for this this podcast is we should celebrate the second half of our lives. So what I'm what I'm talking about today is really one thing that can help us age. Now, I know that there is aging gracefully. But I kind of want to put a spin on this. I actually, I didn't coin this phrase. I actually love this phrase I heard from JJ Virgin. So I'm going to give a shout out to her. Um, if you don't know who she is, I will put her uh, in- Instagram in the show notes so that this way you could follow her. She is amazing. Uh, but so aging in itself has been the talk of so many health and wellness practitioners, coaches, everybody in this space has been talking about how to age powerfully, if you will. So today I felt that uh, I wanted to kind of talk more about one thing that we can do to age powerfully. And actually I'll be uh, presenting this this week uh, for a, uh, a group of people. So you get to hear it first because this is coming out two days before I have to present this. So hopefully those of you who are listening to the presentation on Thursday, well, plug your ears or don't listen to this. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You can listen to this and just get a little bit of a a sneak peek of uh, what's to come on Thursday. But anyway, so what I'm talking about today is about a macronutrient that is essential. We have three macronutrients. We have fats, we have proteins, and we have carbohydrates. Fats and and, and proteins are essential. Carbohydrates, not so much. And I'm not to say that you should not eat them. They're just not essential. So what am I talking about today? I am talking about protein. So protein is the essential macro for aging. Sure, all three are needed. I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to say all three are not, and I'm not going to say just eat protein. Of course not. Come on now. But for the most, for most of us, including me in the beginning, protein has not been number one in our meals. Um, well, vegetable, fruits and veg- or vegetables, really, I'm not going to say fruits, but vegetables should be half of the plate. Protein should be like a third or so, a little bit more, actually. Really, I'm going to say that, and I'm going to tell you why in just a second. Um, And then, you know, grains here and there. Um, But why is protein an essential macro? But first, before I get into that, I want to kind of give my own personal story on what is going on in my life. And this is why I've been very, very passionate about not only protein, but I also talk about strength training and it goes hand in hand. Why am I talking about this? Well, personally, I have seen it work for me. Seen it and feel it. I'm just going to say, I seen and feel that increasing my protein and increasing my strength training has done amazing. And I haven't, I just got started. So what does that mean? That means that I increased, well, I I don't even know how much protein I was eating before. 
I track it. I, I totally, I don't know. I might have gotten less than 100 grams per day. And again, I'll go into uh, what, what, how much we should get. Lately, I've been tracking 150, well, on the low side, 130 to 170 on the high side a day. Let me repeat that. I was less than 100 grams. And recently, probably within the last two, gosh, when is it? I think two months now. I've been averaging, I'll say in the middle, snack, smack dab in the middle, 150. 150, 150 grams a day. And I weigh 126. Now, with me increasing my protein intake, I lost weight and I gained muscle. Well, let me, let me back up a little bit. I lost weight when I changed to a higher protein lower carb and lower fat okay so protein was front and center again uh also in in uh, a little bit of a deficit in terms of calories i'm switching all of that pretty soon and uh i am actually going to be doing what's called a bulking now i want to do a clean bulk not a dirty bulk difference is dirty bulk is crap food so okay well i need to get my my calories in so let me just go to mcdonald's no that's not how i do it that's not how you should do it so clean bulking meaning i have to increase my calories probably about 200 and then it, of course that will increase my strength already I've noticed my strength increasing without me increasing my calories. How am I doing that? I'm increasing my protein intake. And I'm not going to let this, you know, just, just go to the wayside. But I'm also, yes, I'm increasing a little bit of carbs in, in terms of the um the the fast the uh, excuse me the 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 glucose um, carbs like like gluten free oats gluten free organic hopefully non GMO sprayed oats but trying to do again as clean as possible because uh, yeah that glyphosate I tell ya it's a it's an mf'er <laughs> but so I've increased that around my my lifting times and lifting days but I'm gonna go back I increased my protein and I have seen and feel changes so now that's my story I'm gonna stick to it I'm still gonna be in that probably 150 average on the low side 130 170 on a high um, as I increase my calories intake I'll probably be increasing more of the carbohydrates and the fats. I do not want to go above 170 in terms of my protein. Uh, again, I'll go into detail. It's not going to be detrimental if I do, but that's not going to be where I want to increase my calories. Okay, I digress. That's my story. Now, protein essential macro for aging. Well, first, as you know, that the origin of the name protein is derived from Greek word proteos, 
meaning primary. Hmm. Even back in the day, protein is a primary macro. Why are we not getting enough of this? Why? Well, I'm here to tell you, you should. <laughs> protein and amino acids are essential building blocks of life. Without them, we cannot, we simply cannot build or maintain the lean muscle mass that we need. This becomes key as the older we get, the more easily we lose muscle and there and more difficult it becomes to rebuild it. There are 20 amino acids that make up proteins and are the building blocks for our muscles, our enzymes, and many of the most important hormones in our body. Essential. They go into everything from growing and maintaining our hair, skin, and nails to helping form the antibodies in our immune system. So it's not just the muscles. It's also helping our hair, skin, nails, and our immune system overall. There is a study that more, uh, uh, with more than 2,000 elderly subjects found that those who ate the most protein kept more of their lean body mass over three years. Now, this is, again, essential or detrimental when we get older because when we lose, when we don't have the building blocks, we lose the muscle. And again, that's why I say strength training is very, very important alongside increasing the protein intake. And I'm not saying... For you all to be going on a bodybuilding journey like I am, but I am telling you that not only increasing the protein, but increasing the weights is going to be very beneficial for you. So doing 20 reps of 10 pounds is not going to do anything. It's not going to shock your muscles. It's not going to build them to where you need for stability, for everything else. Um, so, you know, I'll, again, I'll go into more detail in terms of the strength training, but so protein, um, you know, is, uh, is again, is essential. So how much should we get? Well, the recommended daily allowance is way, 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 way too low. It, it states that 0.8 grams a kilogram of body weight is okay, but it's okay to stay alive, not to thrive. It is way too low to thrive. Now, the amount varies from person to person, but typically it's 1.6 grams of kilogram per day. And for active people like me with normal kidney function, it is really around what should be one gram per pound of body weight per day, or what will come out to it is 2.2 grams, excuse me, per kilogram per day as a start as a start so you go from 0.8 grams of kilograms to 2.2 grams of kilograms that is a high increase but of course that is what you need to thrive and this is just to start so again i am uh trying to increase my muscle mass so that is why i'm going according to like 1.5 or 2 grams of body weight uh, or per body per pound excuse me a body weight per day now if you are overweight and you are looking to lose weight the math goes to where you want one gram up a one gram per pound of the 
body weight that your goal weight. So if you're 250 pounds wanting to be 200 or 180, something like that, you want to get 180 grams of protein a day instead of 200 because, you know, that's just, it's not going to work out. Um, so that's the math of it. So most people do not need to worry about overconsuming too much protein. It will require an overwhelming effort to eat more. And how much depends on your sex, body weight, lean body mass, activity level, and other factors, including age. Now, the older that we get, the more protein we definitely need. So what are the foods that, uh, food sources that we can get protein in? I'm going to say it loud and proud, meats, grass-fed beef. So you want to get quality meat, grass-fed beef, bison, venison, elk. In your poultry, you get pasture-raised chicken, turkey. In your dairy, you get low-fat cottage cheese, 2% milk, which I like using Fairlife because it's lactose-free, uh, plain Greek yogurt, plain people not with the fruits in it. You can definitely put your own fruit, uh, but it needs to be plain so it doesn't have all the sugars. Fish. So I love to go towards the fatty fishes, the salmon, mackerel, sardines, things like that. Uh, but, you know, any fish is good. Uh, shrimp, uh, white fish, you know, all of that. Eggs, of course. Now, I will say eggs are a good source of protein, but they're not so you have to eat probably like three to four eggs to get to probably a little bit of what, uh, you know, four ounces of beef or turkey will be. So just so you know, um, it's not just one egg. I think one egg is nine grams of protein. So you definitely want to get three or four in so you can get in a bump up that protein intake. Plants. Now this includes legumes, tempeh, organic tofu. I have an asterisk here for plants. Now I'm not saying not to go or not to be vegan and I'm not saying to go vegan. I'm not even, you know, I don't prescribe with one diet or one way of thinking. I'm a flexitarian. I have vegan dishes. I eat meats. I have fish. So I am, I eat, I eat it all. Definitely eat it all. And, and so the asterisk that I have here is just kind of a call out. It's not to say anything bad about it. But if you choose not to eat meat, fish, dairy, and such for your source and only focus on plants, only about 60 to 70% of what you consume is contributing to your needs. Now, State's a professor of food science and human nutrition at University of Illinois uh, Urbana-Champaign and expert on protein. So really you're not getting 100% of what you consume when you eat plants. Also, the distribution of the essential amino acids are not the same as in animal protein, but has less particularly in the meth um, methionine, lysine, and tryptophan, potentially leading to reduced protein synthesis. It's the same for protein powders, which is whey versus soy protein isolate or pea protein. And speaking of um, the last source of protein is, of course, the supplements. So your protein powder, make sure that it is grass-fed whey. Again, good quality source of whey because it could upset you. Um, you know, get a, there's a difference between isolate and concentrate. It's just 
the difference between of how it's processed. Uh, but again, grass-fed whey and hemp. So hemp is a great natural vegan protein. Uh, so if you can get hemp protein powder clean, that would be ideal too if you're vegan. Um, so those are the sources. That is what, uh, you know, how much we should get and why protein is essential macro for aging. Again, please do eat all the macros, but have your protein and increase your protein, please. This is detrimental for your aging. Now, if this is resonated with you, please do let me know. Please also share this around. I think everybody needs to know that protein is the essential macro for aging. Um, and also, if you can, rate and review this podcast. It is a free way to support the root of our health. Um, so, you know, I ask in, in any way that you can support this podcast, please do it by rate and reviewing. I will go ahead and um, shout out those who review on this podcast. So if you want to hear your shout outs, please do review, rate it, and uh, also share this around. Many, many thanks for um, you all listening to this, sharing this around. And until next time, you are worth it. Hey.